this as we continue in worship. First Sunday of every month, as Chad just said, we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And I'd invite the guest service team, if you'd make your way down, anybody not get their communion packet, if you'd lift up your hand, we'll get one to you. Anybody in the balcony? Everybody get one? That's Jack up there taking care of you. Very good. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 says this, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. Interesting phrase. Empty life we all inherited from our parents and grandparents. And, and it was not paid, the ransom was not paid with mere gold or silver, which loses its value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless spotless lamb of God. Let's break that down just a little bit. We were hostages. We were captives because of our sin problem. We were literally imprisoned because we were sinners. And there was no escaping our jail. A payment was required. And it couldn't be just money, Scott. It can't just be gold or silver. The payment for us to be unchained from our sin required the shedding of blood. Only, verse 19 says, only the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the spotless, sinless Lamb of God, only the blood of Christ could release us from being prisoners and hostages to our sin. That's something worth celebrating, right? That, that's worth remembering. And that's what we're going to do right now. Just pause for a few moments with me and just quietly in your heart thank and praise and worship Jesus for willingly offering His sinless body, for willingly allowing His perfect blood to flow on that cross for us. That's what we're remembering right now. Now let's invite Jesus to do a little inspection of our lives. We gather here, you got an extra hour of sleep, but that doesn't necessarily mean we come with clean hearts and minds and mouths and wills. Very well could be that there's some garbage that needs taking out. Sin that you haven't yet dealt with. So uh, just, just pause and invite Jesus. Lord, is there anything that I have yet to repent of? I'm, I'm still laying in the mud and the manure. I have yet to do the U-turn. I haven't called it what you call it. I haven't called it sin. So you make yourself clear, make it obvious, and I'm ready to do the U-turn as you point things out that I haven't taken to the shed blood and washed and cleansed and gotten back in right relationship with you.
George Graham, one of our elders, would you please lead us in a prayer of thankfulness to Jesus Christ? He willingly offered his sinless body for us. Father God, uh, <clears throat> we are so grateful for the, um, the price that was paid for our sins and just so that we can have salvation with you and, and to spend eternity with you. Lord, we thank you that um, it was the blood of Jesus that was shed, that his body was gave, um, it was given for um, the gift that we can have salvation and have eternal life. Thank you so much for that. And God, as we um, are going to partake of uh, communion here, we just pray that thou you'd be with our hearts and to help us to get things out of the way that are a hindrance when their relationship towards you. So just open that door and just open us up. Amen. Amen. Please remove that top layer off your packet with me, please. 1 Corinthians 11, Paul tells us, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he'd given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Pastor Chad, would you praise the Lord for his willingness to allow his precious blood to flow? on that cross for us. Yeah, Heavenly Father, and Jesus, we thank you for your plan, and um, a drastic plan, but a perfect plan. And Jesus, I thank you that you are willing to come and to take the horrors and the pain of death and sin on our behalf. We can't even comprehend that. And yet you did that out of pure love. Willingly open your hands up to be nailed to that cross. The pain, the agony, the loss of human life coming out of you with perfect blood flowing. Because you are God himself. So Lord, thank you for doing that for us. Thank you for sharing and shedding your blood that makes us pure before the Father. Thank you. Grip that cup tight and let's remove that second layer. 1 Corinthians 11.25 tells us, In the same manner after supper, Jesus took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread, whenever you drink this cup, we just are proclaiming the Lord's coming back. And I don't know about you, but that could happen any day. Nothing needs to happen for the Lord to come back. It could, it could happen today. I would say Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. Guest service team will be at the door. 
Um, at the conclusion of this service, they'll receive your gifts for the Benevolent Fund. Uh, Benevolent Fund goes to fund needs in the church family, and it also goes to take care of the needs in our community needs ministry, which reaches out to the community. Uh, we are in week number eight in uh, our uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality series. Today we're going to look at God's top ten list. We're going to look at the Ten Commandments. So if you've got your Bible with you on your phone, locate Exodus chapter 20. Um, when you think of the Ten Commandments, what comes to your mind? Think about it. What comes to your mind? And as I've thought about it, it's a list of mostly stuff we shouldn't be doing. It's kind of God, you can't and you don't do these things. Can't worship another God, don't make an image or an idol. Uh, you don't use God's name in vain. You can't mistreat your parents. You don't murder another person. You can't sleep with somebody else's husband or wife. Don't steal other people's stuff. You can't lie to your neighbor. Don't covet your neighbor's stuff. Okay? It's God's can't and don't list. Um, except I didn't mention one. One of the top ten I didn't mention, and it's actually not a can't or a don't command. It's actually, in my opinion, the most positive of the Ten Commandments. I've come to believe that the fourth command is a wonderful gift of God. It's a gift meant to protect us from ourselves. It, and sadly, it's one of the most neglected gifts that Christians, especially in our country, in our culture, we just say, well, I don't think that's for me. So uh, we're going to talk today about the fourth commandment, Exodus chapter 20, written in stone. God Almighty tells us there's really something important that I want to give you, and it's a gift. Please pay attention. Where God commands us, you ready? Take a day off every week. Rest every week. That's my command, if you're able. Stand with me. We're going to read out loud together verses 8 to 11, Exodus chapter 20. This is God's word. Read with me. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, any foreigners living among you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the family that we get to enjoy and celebrate your son with, this, this church family. Thank you for the indescribable gifts that all of us have been given who know your son as Savior and Lord. We invite you right now. We welcome you to take charge in this your church because it's your church that we celebrate with. So would you speak loud and clear, comfort, challenge, 
wake up, convict, courage. You know what each of us needs here this morning. Use your inspired word, your powerful spirit to do a work today. And Lord, would you teach us about probably the most neglected, wonderful gift that you've given us. And uh, Lord, would you push us and prompt us and nudge us to actually start obeying it. And all the church family gathered at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, you can be seated. Today, we're going to examine a biblical idea that I honestly have been far too slow to embrace as your pastor. So uh, today I'm going to be preaching and teaching and challenging you to do something that at best I'm probably a C-plus student. So this is a tough one, Myron. When, when you're when you're called to teach and preach on something that even though you've been preaching and, and a preacher pastor for 40 plus years, I'm still in process on this one. Okay, I'm working at it, I promise you, but it's kind of humbling, but it's good for me. It really is, because I'm called to be a shepherd, but at the same time, I'm still a sheep. You see the problem there? Shepherd, but sheep. Uh, and I take comfort in the fact there was only one perfect, and they put him on a Roman cross. So I take a little comfort there. So the subject of Sabbath, know this, I'm challenging you. At the same time, I'm challenging me. Okay? So before we dig into Exodus 20, I have a poll the audience question. Okay? So here's my question. How many of you regularly take 24 hours and set it apart. I'm not saying perfectly, but regularly, consistently, you take a Sabbath. I'd like to see your hands. Now I'd like you to look around. Look around, okay? There's, there's a few. <laughs> but can I just say, obviously, <laughs> this is not a concept, this is not an idea that very many of us have grabbed a hold of and put into practice. This is new territory for almost all of us, okay? So, couple thoughts that I'd like us all to grab a hold of to start. First, if you go back to Exodus 20, uh, Sabbath rest is not an option. This isn't one of those uh, in God's top ten list, if it if it works out, if it's convenient, if you feel like it, I would argue this is a commandment just like the other nine. Okay, This is for the Lord's people. Verses 8 to 11 made it into God's top ten list, and then he wrote it down in sand. Well, what did he write it down in? Stone. Okay, This is for keeps. This, this is not something that's going to change, it's unchanging. But then in my head, for years, I'm thinking, well, at least maybe I hope that when Jesus came to earth, born in Bethlehem, maybe he canceled the Sabbath. Maybe this doesn't apply to the New Testament, 
Because Jesus, remember, kept getting into trouble by doing stuff on the Sabbath, okay? Maybe this is a Jewish thing. They can't eat bacon. They can't eat shrimp or lobster. They go and they sacrifice animals at the temple to cover their sin. They had to keep going back to Jerusalem to celebrate festivals and feasts. Maybe Jesus fulfilled them all and the fourth commandment doesn't apply to us. That, that, all that was going on in my head. Those were some of Jeff's excuses. But go back to verse 11 with me, Exodus 20. It says that the Sabbath began in creation. And suddenly now I'm thinking, uh-oh, turn with me Genesis 2 if you want. We'll put it up here on the screen. But the very first book of the Bible, Genesis uh, second. Genesis 1 and 2 is creation story. Anyway, here's what Genesis 2, 1 to 3 says. So, the creation of heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day, declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Just pause for a moment. Uh, We observe the pattern of marriage began here early in Genesis, Adam and Eve. We properly believe this is God's plan for marriage throughout all of history. Why? Because it started in creation. It was intended to be for all people throughout all of history. The same is true with Sabbath. You tracking with me? It's here in the beginning. It's here in creation. Sabbath literally means to cease from work. We're told, follow God's lead, cease to work, rest. 24 hours, once a week, that was God's plan. Why? Because God went first. God Almighty, He wasn't tired from creating everything, but it was his command. He intended for all of us to follow the fourth command for all of history. It was grounded in creation. Sabbath rest is a command. Second, Sabbath rest is from creation. It's meant for you and for me. Okay, God rested to model his plan. He went first. And he wasn't tired, he wasn't worn out from creating for six days. It says he stepped back and he delighted in his creation. He delighted in what he had created. Verse 31, look at it. Then God looked over all he had made, it's what he did on his day of rest, and he saw that it was very good. God took the time to savor and enjoy all of his accomplishments. That's exactly what he wants you and me to do for 24 hours each and every week. That's his plan. Sit back and savor and enjoy and marvel and delight in all of God's good gifts for us. Because he gives good gifts. That's why we're his chosen kids. We belong to him, and he's saying, enjoy 
and, and wake up and marvel and delight in all the good gifts that I've given you. I'm convinced, give me your eyes, the biggest reason why most of us are worn out, exhausted, overwhelmed, overscheduled, stressed, is because we haven't taken advantage of the fourth command. I'm convinced this is the number one reason why most of us are, oh, I'm just worn out. Why? Because we haven't realized this is for us. And like me, we found reasons to skate around and mostly ignore the fourth commandment, the Sabbath. Okay? I understand. Most of us, we have this concept called days off. Right? Days off, uh, that's when we don't work what we get paid to do for the rest of the week. But as Pastor Jeff Mannion, actually he's a friend of mine, wrote a book on this. Here's what he says. We swap to-do lists on our day off. We replace our vocational jobs with other forms of work. We detach one type of labor to attach ourselves to another type of labor. We use our day off to mow the lawn, to go grocery shopping, to pay bills, to fix the car, to get a haircut, to select carpet, to select paint colors. And the list of things to get done on our days off goes on and on and on and never ends. Here's what I've discovered about my view of the Sabbath. Okay, Here's the truth. Many who take the Sabbath seriously ruin the Sabbath, okay? They have rules, they have regulations, and honestly, all those rules and regulations just destroy Sabbath delight. It really does. So I've used the no fun, no joy legalists. That's been one of my chief excuses. No, no, I see what they do on the Sabbath, no thank you. So I use their poor use, rules, legalistic use of the Sabbath as my excuse not not to take advantage of it. So instead today, I'm going to suggest a different way of viewing the Sabbath. I'll put a slide up here. Here's, Here's what I would say. I'm beginning to view the Sabbath not as a law to be obeyed. I'm beginning to see it as it was meant, a day of delight and joy. Matter of fact, now that I've been slowly trying to grab a hold of this and live this out, this is the best day of the week by far. It really is. I've realized this is a gift that I should embrace. I like how Dan Allender describes it. I'll put another slide. Sabbath is the holy time where we feast and play and dance and sing and laugh and tell stories and read and paint and walk and take naps and enjoy creation. How many of you say, that sounds pretty good, right? That sounds pretty good, yeah, yeah. A full day, every 24-hour period, once a week, to look forward to, to plan, and know it's the best day of the week. (laughs) And at the most, it's just six days away. The Sabbath, listen close, is about receiving God's love apart from our work. A lot of us, we, we think he loves us because we're working and striving. 
But on the Sabbath, we don't have to do anything to prove our worth. We simply bask and enjoy the love of Jesus, the love of Christ. Okay, This is what sets us apart as followers of King Jesus. Okay, We're loved by the creator of the universe, who is our Abba Daddy. Okay? And even though we are flawed and broken, we're forgiven and we're loved fully and deeply. Okay? We're fully accepted by Jesus Christ. Okay? He has given us a gift that most of us haven't taken advantage. We haven't unwrapped it. We can break off from the chain of work and effort and sweat and actually live freely. That's what Sabbath is all about. Would you turn with me to the New Testament? I want to show you where Jesus talks about the Sabbath. Go with me to Mark chapter 2 and verse 23. Jesus is uh, talking about Sabbath. It's, it's kind of really uh, tense there in Mark chapter 2, but it's wonderful. Jesus gives us a great view of what Sabbath should be in our lives. Verse 23, Mark chapter 2. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are you breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Verse 25. Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read the scriptures? What David did when he and his companions were hungry, he went into the house of God during the days when Abathar was the high priest. And he broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Verse 27 is key here. Look at verse 27. I, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. God never meant the Sabbath to be a legalistic ball and chain to be our master and our tyrant. No, no, you can't. You can't do this. That was never the intent of the Sabbath, according to Jesus. Okay? Instead, listen, Sabbath is a gift from God. It's a gift that's meant to be enjoyed and savored and protect us from ourselves and invigorate and energize us and bring us life. Do you understand? That's what Sabbath is all about. The Pharisees uh, were treating the Sabbath like a legalistic li list. Luke chapter 14, verse 5, if your ox falls in a ditch, you can't bring the, the, the oxen out of the ditch or the well. Here's a few laws from during Jesus' time. Here's what the Pharisees said. Thou shalt not look in a mirror on the Sabbath. Why not? Because you might see a gray hair 
and you might be tempted to pull out that gray hair, and that's work. So Pharisees forbid anybody from looking in a mirror on the Sabbath. Another example. Uh, true, you, thou shalt not wear false teeth on the Sabbath. Why? <laughs> because if they should fall out of your mouth, you'll be tempted to pick them up and put them back in your mouth, and that would be working. So the Pharisees prescribed, no one wears dentures on the Sabbath. One more crazy but true example. Thou shalt not spit on the Sabbath. Because if you spit on the dirt and then you scuff it with your sandal, that would be cultivating and farming the soil. So the rule was no spitting on the Sabbath. Here's what Jesus announces here in Mark, loud and clear. Don't allow the legalistic nitpickers to ruin your Sabbath. Okay? And that's, honestly, I did, because Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Can you picture with me, just, just think with me, to have a full day, once a week, 24-hour period of rest, that you can look forward to and know it's coming and know the best day of the week is coming in just a few days. Sabbath rest reminds us we're more than what we produce or what we earn. Once a week we can unplug and disconnect, and I'm telling you, I'm learning this, it's life-sustaining and it's life-giving. Stop. Rest. Delight for 24 hours. You know what that is? That's embracing the limits that God has placed on us. His create. That's how He wired us. Once a week, 24 hours. We need that. It's saying, you know what, Jesus, I love you so much. You're the center of my life. I can trust you. You're going to provide for me, and I'm going to affirm on the Sabbath. My work is never finished. And you know that, and that's okay. It's okay that, that I'm not going to finish because, Jesus, you're on the throne, and you're not panicking because I ceased working for 24 hours. It's announcing to me, and it's announcing to the rest of the world, you know what? The universe can run just fine without me. Actually, in some ways, I'm giving the world around me a break from me. And that's, that's a blessing in many ways, okay? Work is a good thing. Work is a gift from God. Please don't misunderstand. Matter of fact, in Genesis, God actually gave Adam and Eve the very first job. Take care of the garden. Cultivate it. It was a gift. You ready for something? In the new heaven and the new earth, we will be working. So in case you thought heaven was we just lay around on clouds and play harps, no, no, new heaven and new earth going to be much like the beginning, Genesis 1 and 2 before the fall. Okay, So it's important for us to have purpose, to be busy, and, and to have jobs. The problem is in our culture, we reward we encourage overworking, overscheduling, overloading, 
And that's one of the acceptable sins in the church. Those of us who work too much, those of us here today who are workaholics, matter of fact, wow, he's a hard worker. Uh, Too much, and that's just fire. Some of us are hardwired to overwork, and everyone thinks that's just fine. Are you ready? Sabbath helps us to bring balance to the work, work, work culture we live in. Track with me just for a minute. This is how we think. Work, work, work. When's vacation? Work, work. Vacation, ah. And then you go right back at it again. Work, work, work. And that's the rhythm. That's the workaholic rhythm of our lives. Okay? Here's what God intended. Are you ready? Work six days, Sabbath. Work six days, Sabbath. And that's the new rhythm. Work six days, Sabbath. You understand? It's God's ordained rhythm for you and me. It's like we get a little mini vacation once a week. That's God's plan for you and for me. So as we close, let me say this. I agree with Mark Buchanan. We'll put this up. Um, Sabbath never just happens. You just say, well, maybe maybe that'll work out this week. If you don't plan, if you don't protect the Sabbath, it won't happen. It's an action of great purpose. Sabbath requires, I like this word, feisty intentionality. Feisty, if you don't fight for Sabbath, it's not going to happen. So here's my question. What adjustments would you have to, to make to cease working and rest for 24 hours? Think about that in your, your, your life. What would you have to do? What changes to your current schedule would you need to make to be feisty, intentional about Sabbath? Want more? Some of you are saying, this is good, but I need some more. We're going to put up here, uh, this is Right Now Media. Did you know you have a free subscription to Right Now Media? You do, as a member. And that is a QR code. Um, Dan tried to explain how that works. Uh, Let's just say you can take a picture of that right now. So if you say, well, I didn't know about this Right Now Media, take a picture and it will come up and your phone will bring up the app for Right Now Media right here, okay? And on Right Now Media, uh, there is a series called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. That sounds pretty good, right? John Mark Comer, it's excellent. Session three, he'll give you lots more on the Sabbath. Comes with a free study guide. Highly recommended, okay? So, uh... Take that picture, get on Right Now Media if you want more. I think many of us could use some more on this subject. I close this morning with this sobering realization. Okay, These last few years, for me especially, most painful, the toughest, most challenging years of my life. Lots of 
medical, COVID, family stuff going on. Okay? Here's what I've discovered. Sabbath has become a life raft for Denise and I in the middle of a really challenging season. And I just can't say enough things. You are my friends. If I could make you do one thing as your pastor, if I, if I had the power to force you to do something without all the legalistic rules, oh, you can't spit, you can't, no, that's garbage. But if you could delight and stop and rest, it'll change your life. I, I, it's such a good gift, and I'm just shaking my head thinking, why didn't that click much earlier? <laughs> All I could say is it didn't, and I so want it to click for you starting now. What a gift, <laughs> and it's been there all along, and it was tended from the very beginning for all of us. What would you have to do? Once a week, you pick the day that works best, 24 hours a day, 24-hour period every seven days. What would you have to do? What would have to change to start enjoying the Sabbath that the Lord has in mind for you? My friends, I don't know how else to say it. Give it a try. <laughs> I dare you. I double dog dare you. I triple dog. What, however, however it takes, give it a go. I promise you're going to go, I love this. You will love it. You will. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes. Lord, uh, thank you for loving us so much that you arranged something for us once a week and you've always had that in mind for us. So Lord, first of all, forgive me for missing this for so long. But Lord, it's become clear now, so help us as a church family not to miss it. And my prayer is you'd help us to figure out how we can incorporate quit working and delight one day out of seven. Some of my friends watching online, some of them here in person, are worn out, overwhelmed, overscheduled, hectic, exhausted. Lord, I'm convinced Sabbath <laughs> would change their lives not with lots of rules and regulations but enjoying it exactly as you intended so Lord I just pray would we as your church here in Walloon Lake Michigan begin to enjoy and implement the fourth command change hearts change lives recharge our batteries refill our tanks it's the best day of the week it really is and I just need to say don't want to close any Sunday without saying even better than the gift of Sabbath as good as that is is the gift of new life in Jesus Christ. 
Because you can take 24 hours a week off and be headed for a Christless eternity. You can. Have you said yes to Jesus? What's what? What are you waiting for? Have you believed in what Jesus did for you on the cross? Offered that sinless body, allowed his blood to be shed. Why? Because we need forgiven from our sin problem, our greatest problem in life. And we need a Savior to come take charge of our life. Have you welcomed Jesus into your life? Right where you're seated today, watching online, Jesus, I believe. By faith, I believe you are the sinless Lamb of God. You took my place. You shed your blood. You took my place in the grave. Jesus, I believe you arose from the dead. You did that for me. And right now, I receive you. I welcome you into my life. Make me a child of yours. That's the best gift that's ever been offered. We love you, Jesus. You look at, after us better than we deserve. That's nothing but grace. Help us to live strong for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me if you're able? Let's sing to Jesus.